This is the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Future Leaders is a podcast dedicated to pharmacy students by pharmacy students who are committed to making an impact on our healthcare system and providing optimal patient care as innovative and leading pharmacists. As Pharmacy Future Leaders, we dedicated our lifetime of service to others through the profession of pharmacy. We will consider the welfare of humanity and relief of suffering as our primary concerns as we apply our knowledge, experience, and skills to the best of our ability to assure optimal outcomes for our patients. And now, here are your hosts and Pharmacy Future Leaders. This is Pharmacy Future Leaders on the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Joanne Pio. Today, we are at the Florida Pharmacy Association Annual Conference, and we have a very special guest, Michael Jackson. Welcome. Thank you. So, Michael, what is your role with FPA? In my role as the FPA, I'm the Executive Vice President and CEO, and essentially I have responsibility for all of the operations of the Florida Pharmacy Association, which includes uh, member benefits, which also includes the development and uh, implementation of our continuing education programs and services, uh, as well as our extensive advocacy program. I have a staff of four others uh, that are working with me. Each one has expertise in their particular area of interest. And uh, the staff is very dedicated in what they do, and they really enjoy providing services to our members. One of the surprising things to me is that a lot of members of your staff are pharmacists working with a pharmacy association. So how does that happen? Well, it's uh, not a common thing to have a state professional pharmacy association with pharmacists on staff. We have, we have one pharmacist and I have a registered pharmacy technician working with us, uh, but I have uh, two other individuals who have a background in uh, other areas, uh, such as um, we have one with a master's degree uh, working our mint, our, um, our mint membership program and uh, we have another uh, person with strong interest in accounting because, you know, there are fiscal things that have to be done within the association so you don't necessarily need a pharmacist for that. Okay. Um, but uh, with the things that we do, uh, it's important to have a pharmacist on staff because there are a number of technical questions that our members ask about the practice, about pharmacy laws and rules and about uh, clinical services that we would be able to refer that to someone on our staff who can answer their questions. Wow. So what made you get involved into FEPA? Because you're a pharmacist too. You graduated pharmacy school. So what happened after that? Well, it's an interesting question to ask. And you have to go back into my career to see what I have been doing over the over the years that I've graduated from pharmacy school. Uh, and in the beginning, I started in pharmacy practice in a community setting. Uh, and after that, I moved into uh, hospital pharmacy practice and veterinary hospital pharmacy wow. practice, which is a rather unique profession for folks who do what I do for a living. Uh, and I enjoyed every aspect of it, every every minute of it. Um, after my stint in veterinary hospital pharmacy practice and human hospital practice, I moved into uh, academia and supported uh, Florida a University's um, uh, experiential learning program, working as a mentor for students who were seeking their training in their final professional year, and did that for a few years, but then transitioned back into pharmacy practice uh, and eventually got into um, 
into pharmacy administration, supervising 58 pharmacies in three different states. Uh, and uh, at that time, while I was doing that, I was also a member, an active member of the Florida Pharmacy Association, uh, involved in various roles. I was president of my local affiliated organization, and uh, I also had an opportunity to serve as an officer of the Florida Pharmacy Association. Uh, that experience led me to realize that it's really important for pharmacists to be involved in their professional association because it has an impact on what we do. So with that experience as a uh, member of the association and, and learning all the things that we do as a profession and as an organization and how we support our members, I began to realize it's, it's important, very, very important for pharmacists to be in, involved. Now, um, at some point in time, the association needed a, a new manager. Uh, they were in transition with leadership and uh, they came to me uh, in my role as a uh, community pharmacy district manager with the company I was working for and invited me to put in an application to consider uh, a more senior management role with the Florida Pharmacy Association. And I said, why not? It's an opportunity to not only help my pharmacies that I'm working with in the area that I'm responsible for, but it also uh, gives me an opportunity to play a higher role in helping to shape uh, what our profession is doing, working with our volunteers. So here's my question. I'm a member of the American Pharmacists Association, but I live in Florida. So why is it important for pharmacy students like me to join the Florida Pharmacy Association when they're part of the American Pharmacy Association? Primarily because there are a couple issues to consider here. Being a member of the American Pharmacist Association, which I'm a member of, uh, is important for purposes of advocating at the federal level because there are a lot of health issues that uh, members of Congress has to deal with and we rely upon our national partners like the American Pharmacist Association uh, to play a role in shaping decisions that are being made in Washington, D.C. The practice of pharmacy, however, is regulated by the states. Mm -hmm. And it is here in Florida and other states as well, too, that uh, our state organization works closely with the Florida House and the Florida Senate and the governor's office in shaping public policy as it pertains to the Practice Act and what pharmacists can do. Also, the, the changes that need to be made in the Medicaid program to help the poor and the indigent that we see on a daily basis, uh, as well as uh, improving access and quality for pharmacist services. And that's kind of primarily our role with the Florida Pharmacy Association is to help educate legislators on the pharmacy issues that are out there and also to help keep our members informed of those changes because everything that happens in Tallahassee at the state capitol that retain, that's related to healthcare will have an impact on what pharmacists do on a day-to-day -day basis. Sometimes the decisions they make are good decisions. Sometimes the decisions they make are bad decisions. But in either case, pharmacists need to have an organization there at the Capitol on a regular basis to make sure that our message is heard. Perfect. And then we have pharmacy students doing legislative days. And I know how like 
being here, this is my first time at the FPA annual conference, and I see how dedicated you guys are to students. And one of the things that are um, kind of scaring students is that a lot of students here, the pharmacy field is saturated. So what can our, our new upcoming graduates do to, or current pharmacy students do to set themselves apart? That is a very concerning issue for us. Uh, we are hearing uh, from many of our student graduates that are saying that uh, getting uh, positions after graduation is becoming more and more competitive. It wasn't that way a number of years ago. Uh, at that time, there was a fair amount of growth that was going on in the pharmacy uh, industry here in this state. Uh, that growth has leveled out. And uh, then we had the recession of 2008, 2009 that resulted in pharmacists who may have retired that came back into work. And then we had uh, new pharmacy schools that opened up. And uh, so we have new graduates. Uh, we also have pharmacists from other states uh, that are relocating into Florida. But there are opportunities there as well, too. Uh, the opportunities include the fact that there are at least a thousand people a day moving into Florida. Somebody's got to take care of these folks. Uh, there is going to be a serious physician shortage uh, over time, and, and we're starting to see effects of that now. So, for example, if you need to make an appointment to see uh, your primary care physician, in many cases, that appointment's going to be several months in the future. Uh, well, pharmacists can do a lot of things that physicians do in a regular course of their practice. Uh, such as 70% of physician office visits are things that pharmacists can provide services to for patients. So with, with that expertise, what we have to do as an organization is to work to make changes in the Pharmacy Practice Act to create more unique types of employment opportunities for pharmacy students. Okay. Uh, and that's part of uh, the advocacy program, the legislative day events, the health fair events that we do at the Florida Capitol uh, because it helps to educate members of the Florida House and the Senate and the governor's office that pharmacists are more about providing medications. Uh, we, are a provi we are about providing uh, critical health care services to consumers, helping them to be compliant with their medications, uh, doing medication monitoring and, and brown bag reviews, uh, <clears throat> doing immunizations, uh, providing higher level clinical services. The training that the students get today and what they prepare students for is for a practice that currently is not allowed by Florida law. And we have to change the laws to to create more opportunities for students and to get patients and pharmacists closer together. Wow. So here's my next question for you. Let's say um, I decide to do a residency. How is a res residency going to benefit me? Yeah, that's a conversation that you hear a lot of, uh, particularly on, on college campuses. And uh, many, many students are seeking residencies nowadays, and they're being encouraged uh, to do that. And uh, we would do, we would encourage students to, if they have an opportunity to do a residency, if they can, uh, try to do one. Uh, because what it does is it creates a situation where your um, your resume, your your background information, and who you are uh, is is a brighter uh, light on your your resume that a potential employer would look at. So, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that not doing a residency 
would be a challenge. Uh, so it, it's what you're doing when you select to do a residency or let's just go beyond just looking at residency. Any type of additional postgraduate training mm-hmm. creates a situation where your resume compared to a resume for somebody who didn't go through that postgraduate training, there will be a difference in it. And then that person may have a slightly higher competitive advantage for purposes of seeking different types of jobs. It just may, doesn't mean that you won't find one. It just means that you might have to broaden your search to get what you're looking for. Okay. So let's say I decide not to do a residency or a fellowship. I go straight into um, working at an independent pharmacy or a community pharmacy or maybe a uh, an organization, a form pharmacy organization. Um, how can I then do what you're saying and make myself unique? Okay, there are ways of doing it, and uh, I'm somewhat of an example okay. of, of those ways. And a, a lot of it is just acquiring information and knowledge that would be of benefit to a future employer. Okay. And so, this is uh, some of the. Uh, interview techniques that students should learn and we do sessions like that right here at our annual convention to help yeah. prepare students to get through a successful interview uh, and a lot of it involves uh, if you're if you're looking at a potential employer uh, a potential workplace that you have a strong interest in and you you like what they're doing and you've research them, you study them on the internet, uh, and you want to be a part of that organization, then you acquire as much knowledge about their mission and their vision, and you include that as part of your discussions with that organization. So when they interview you, they may be interviewing you uh, who have um, not gone through postgraduate training, and they may be interviewing someone else who may have gone through postgraduate training but not have done Uh, enough of the research that you have done on that organization, they're going to listen to someone who can, who can provide information or can provide services and a skill set that can help their business. Uh, And uh, that's what I would do as, as an employer, because I was one and I've had to interview candidates and I've had to compare uh, training and experience. And uh, in some cases I may see a candidate that uh, has um, a lot of training, uh, but pres- did not present well during the interview. Uh, but I also may interview a candidate who may not have had the advanced training, but they presented well to me during the interview. They they showed me a sincere um, a, a sincere interest in what my organization was doing. They brought to me a a, a concept of it's not what my organization can do for them is what they can do for my organization. And to me, that has value as a potential employer. So here's my next question for you. There's a lot of talk about healthcare provider status. What is, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the issue with healthcare provider status in this country is that in, for pharmacists, we don't have that status. Uh, and there is a huge campaign underway at the federal level. And this is where we in the States work with our national partners like APHA. Every state professional pharmacy association recognizes that this is a, a, a def- deficiency or, or an area that needs to be fixed. In the Social Security Act, they list all types of healthcare uh, individuals and persons as providers, nurses, physicians, podiatrists, dentists, they're all listed as healthcare providers. But when you look down the list, you can't find pharmacists on there. 
that needs to be fixed. And there's a, a there's proposed bills before Congress to try to address that. We've uh, invested a lot of time, resources, and effort into it. We think if we change it there at the federal level, that at some point in time, it will trickle down to what we do in the states. And then you as a pharmacist will then be able to bill for the professional services that you are being trained now as a student and that pharmacists out in the field now can do. Uh, so we certainly support that. And we urge all of our members and even our non-members to get on board with that because that creates a new career pathway, uh, a more advanced career pathway for pharmacists to be involved and provide patient care services. And we think it will improve access for those patients who can't find a provider, can't get to one. Because pharmacists are most the most accessible healthcare professional that's out there. You can walk, uh, the average American will walk into a pharmacy at least once a week. Uh, and, uh, and if you don't believe me, just go into a Walmart, go into a Publix, go into uh, any, any uh, even a Target. You know, you walk into a pharmacy, you think you're, you're Target. You think you're not walking into a pharmacy, but you are. There's one there. Yeah. And in many, many cases, a pharmacy is open 24 hour days. 24 hours a day and you don't need an appointment. That is very true. So on the other side, I've heard pharmacists say, well, if we get healthcare provider status, that's more responsibilities. And the big key is it's more liabilities. Yeah, and that's a common uh, a common comment that we get, particularly from pharmacists uh, who uh, have have uh, been working in the field and and uh, they like the role that they're in. They don't necessarily want to transition, and we we clearly understand that. Mm-hmm. But there's tremendous disruption going on in the healthcare marketplace, uh, and it's having a huge, huge impact on pharmacy. Just just think about the music industry and how that's been disrupted. Uh, years ago, we used to go to a record store and purchase records, CDs, albums, and things like that. Now everything's online. Uh, and, and strangely enough, in high-rise buildings in uh, major cities, uh, used to go to the elevator and someone will be sitting on a stool and ask you, what floor would you like to go to? Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, you would tell them and they would turn a crank and take you up to the floor where you want to go. Well, somebody figured out, hey, look, why do we have to have somebody in there to do that? Why don't we put buttons on the wall with numbers on them that register the floor that you want to go to and have people push a button to get there? The same thing can happen in community pharmacy practice with disruption. Uh, So you now have a lot of uh, automation being developed. Uh, There are automated systems that actually build and create IV solutions in in hospitals and health systems. Uh, There's automation and dispensing. There's a lot of that going on. Uh, So the traditional practice of pharmacy is eventually going to migrate into a different role. And so we have to be prepared for that. Uh, And so that's what our role as a Florida Pharmacy Association is to help educate pharmacists to take them beyond their comfort zone. Now, there may be times when a pharmacist uh, doesn't want to step beyond that that comfort zone. Uh, Unfortunately, they're going to have to uh, if they want to stay relevant in today's healthcare marketplace. And we're seeing that. And we, we we know that's one of the reasons why the training has changed significantly for pharmacy students 
because they're trying to prepare you for the profession of the future. Perfect. So you mentioned disruption. Well, recently, Amazon bought PillPack. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think there's no entity that disrupts the marketplace greater than Amazon. And, and we understand that. They, uh, it used to be everyone, when they made a purchase, you went to the mall, you went to the shopping center, and that is what you do. Yeah. But uh, with the internet and uh, with the growth of Amazon, more and more people are shopping online for what they want. And uh, Amazon has also recognized that the healthcare marketplace has gotten to be so expensive that for even for their own employees, they decided that they wanted to partner with uh, three, two other large companies to create their own in-house health plan because that's what they wanted to manage. Uh, and uh, so they also saw a, a need for uh, a way to provide prescription drug services to consumers at a lower cost. And one way of doing that is to acquire someone that can fit within their business model. And they saw this company as a way of doing that. Uh, and so to me, that raised a lot of eyebrows and it, it, uh, it created a shudder in the uh, stock market. Uh, and uh, a lot of people, a lot of folks are paying attention to that. Uh, so we'll just watch that and see where that goes. Um, we know that uh, it will create a fair amount of disruption. It will create uh, some decision-making uh, changes in the, in the marketplace. Uh, and so what we as pharmacists have to do is, is try to change what we do to fit in that model. And what we as an association need to do is to help navigate, have, help our members to navigate into that model, whatever it is. And a good way to do that is by joining FPA for us. Florida pharmacists and pharmacy students. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here is something I think you will discover uh, as a member of the organization. Uh, we do our very best to provide to you, to our members, the latest information that's out there. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, not every pharmacist is a member of the Florida Pharmacy Association. Not every student is a member of the Florida Pharmacy Association. Um, and But what we see, and this is evident, I've seen it myself as a member over the years, is that with the vast amount of information that I get from the Florida Pharmacy Association uh, is intelligence that's helpful for me in my career uh, because I will compete in a marketplace as a pharmacist with individuals who don't know what I know. And uh, that has helped my career uh, because I've had regional managers and supervisors come into my pharmacy and see me talking to other pharmacists, helping them in their practices. And they ask me, well, where'd you get all this information from? And my answer is I get it from my state professional association. And uh, with that, they see that kind of knowledge, that kind of information, that kind of intelligence is helpful to their businesses. And that's what they want. They want an informed pharmacist. They want a pharmacist that knows the issues. They want a pharmacist that um, that can uh, adjust to the disruption that's going on out there. And typically, that's a pharmacist that's a member of their professional association, and it also applies to students. Uh, with the Florida Pharmacy Association, we actually have um, an internship program where some of the students who are about to go through their P4 years, they will um, uh, enroll in our, our um uh, our internship program and, and we take them through the four or six week sessions 
And when they come out, they have a new appreciation for what organizations do. And they're doing some innovative things. We have an intern right now. Well, actually, we have a, uh, uh, an intern graduate that's working for the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, doing some very, very outfront kinds of things. Wow. And we're, we're real proud of that. And they're not the only ones. They're, they're doing all of our interns that we uh, connect with, are maintain their relationship with the association, and each one of them are successful at what they're doing. Well, I just want to say thank you for joining us, but also thank you. I was able to come here as part of the Adopt-A-Student program. So now you have a lifelong FPA member and member and attender to your meetings. Well, great. Fantastic. We hope that uh, this message will be passed on to uh, all of our uh, pharmacy advocate students that are out there because one of the things that uh, I forgot to mention uh, is that students have been instrumental in a lot of policy changes here in this state. Uh, The students that are out there work with us to make changes in Florida laws to allow pharmacists to provide immunization services. Uh, And it is through their tenacious advocacy and and partnering with the Florida Pharmacy Association and using us to help guide them through the advocacy, we change the minds and hearts of the Florida legislature and the governor to allow pharmacists to provide those services. And what that actually did is it created a new revenue stream uh, for uh, for pharmacists. Uh, in the beginning, pharmacists were like, you know, I don't want to do this. This is more work. But after a period of time, they saw, well, you know, hey, this got me closer to my patients because you can't automate an injection, at least not yet. Not yet, uh, right? Not yet. Yeah. So they have to have a pharmacist to do that. And so it created a little bit more job security for pharmacists. And so that's just one of the small examples of the things that we do. Yeah. But I, thank you for allowing me to share my thoughts with you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, everyone. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pharmacy Future Leaders and on Twitter at Leaders Pharmacy for regular updates on this show and future endeavors. This is Pharmacy Future Leaders. The mission of the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast is to support all pharmacy students by providing advice, direction, stories, and sharing with each other. Be sure to use the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders on all social media. We thank you for listening to our podcast. Please send us an email if you're interested in being on the show. Send your message to pharmacyfutureleaders at gmail.com. Just remember, never give up, stay positive, eat healthy, get your sleep, and know why you wanted to be a pharmacist from the beginning to help others live healthier lives. We are Pharmacy Future Leaders. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.